Good morning, everyone. I greet you in Jesus' name and invite you to open your Bibles to the Psalms. Psalm 67, that's where I would like to begin. <clears throat> Psalm 67. The, uh, the, the verse of that psalm that I especially want us to uh, notice is verse 5, where it says, let the, let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. We'll be thinking about praise this morning. Praise and thanksgiving. Let's read this psalm. 67. God, be merciful unto us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us, Selah, that thy way may be known upon earth thy saving health among all nations. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. O let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon earth, Selah. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase and God even our own God shall bless us. God shall bless us. And all the ends of the earth shall fear him. There's probably a name for the kind of construction uh, that this uh, psalm, the way this psalm was written, that it would, would have the, let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee, uh, given twice to add emphasis. So this psalm is especially a call to praise, and it praises God. And we know that the, the earth is a dark place, and there are not. Not all of the earth is praising God this morning. But of the earth's population, certainly God's people should be praising Him. God's people should be Offering thanksgiving. Isaiah 43 and verse 21 says, This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. One of the purposes of the Christian is to praise the Lord. We are, that's part of our, of our calling. Now the Psalms are filled with praises, many praises in the Psalms. And they were written, inspired by God, but written by people in the middle of real, real people in the middle of real uh, circumstances, calling on God for help and mercy and strength and whatever the need might be, and then praising God for hearing them and for meeting their needs. And many of the Psalms uh, proclaim the glorious attributes of God. And in the, last, uh, in the last number of Psalms, it seems to reach a crescendo of praise uh, for God. 
Uh, just uh, looking at a few of them here, the last part of, of the Psalms, uh, beginning at, ver- at Psalm 145. I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Psalm 146, praise ye the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Psalm 147, praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God. For it is pleasant and praise is comely. Uh, 148, praise ye the Lord, praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights, praise ye him. All his angels, praise ye him, all his hosts, and so forth. Praise, praise. 149, praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of his saints. And let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name. And Psalm 150, the last psalm in every verse. Praise ye the Lord, praise Him, praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord is the ending of the Psalms. Do we, uh, do we, do I praise the Lord, the way he would be pleased for me to praise him. Such outbursts of praise are not, uh, uh, are not so common. Now, like I said, we understand the world wouldn't praise God. They are dark, darkened. They don't know God. They don't worship God. And, but even Christians, even me, often we don't praise the Lord. Certainly I don't praise the Lord like he is due to be praised. You know what's, um, what the tendency is, and it, it's, uh, it's what we expect of the world's folks. But even among God's people in the Old Testament and Christians in the New, there's a tendency to, um, you know, to be thinking about life and life circumstances and the things that are not so pleasant and, and complain is what seems to be um, a, a, a common response when things aren't going well. Complaining when unpleasant things come. The Israelites were unhappy with God's provisions in the wilderness and they complained. They were kind of picky eaters when they left Egypt. And they were unhappy with the diet. And they said, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full, 
And that was just, that's right, recorded right in the chapter after their deliverance at the Red Sea and the Song of Moses in, Ex, in Exodus 15. And I know that's happened to me uh, often, experiencing a blessing, and then some difficulty comes, some trial. And though I thank God when things, something went well in this trial, it's easy to gripe. It's easy to complain. Even to get a little aggravated. People complain about the consequences of their poor choices. The foolishness of man perverteth his way and his heart fretteth against the Lord. So man messes up. And then he can blame God for, the, for the, the bad result. Why did you let this happen? So people covet. And people buy. And people suffer financial stresses. And then they complain. Have you ever neglected to take care of something uh, when it should have been taken care of? And then when it becomes urgent... Then you get on it and it's not working out right and it's frustrating. Some people complain uh, while they are claiming to serve the Lord. In Malachi, it is said of Israel, ye have said it is vain to serve God and what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts. What advantage, they wondered, is it to serve God, to obey God? Now, with that attitude, probably not much. No wonder they walked mournfully. There was no praise. When we love God, John says, his commandments... His ways are not grievous. But for those whose love has cooled and they are doing the Christian things just out of duty, uh, the commandments can feel burdensome. The ways of God can feel burdensome. And people can complain. Complaining is not what God's people are called to. Paul was a man of much joyous praise. And he said this in Philippians 2, verses 14 and 15, Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Don't complain that you may be without blame. Murmuring and complaining is always related to unrighteousness in the scripture to some spiritual deficiency or or weakness 
Rather, we are called to praise and to thanksgiving and to worship. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And like we saw in Psalm 67 a couple of times, let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Why should we praise God? Why do we praise the Lord? Well, one of the first things that comes to our minds, of course, is salvation. We praise him for salvation. I'd like to read from Isaiah 61, the first three verses. Isaiah 61. If you want to turn there and notice. Isaiah 61, beginning at the beginning of the chapter. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So in man, in all of us, there has been and is at times, uh, there's ashes and mourning and heaviness. But God can bring us to a place of beauty instead of ashes, to a place of joy instead of mourning, and praise, a heart of praise instead of heaviness. It's, the, it's, the, it's praise for the miracle of deliverance and a new life. I, I know that thrills us at times, and maybe it thrills uh, you often. It should thrill us often. If, if you've ever been waiting for um, for the results of a, of a biopsy, say, to come back. And then it comes back clear. What a, what a relief and joy and thanksgiving. Or you've been in a very difficult spot and it works out. It works out. <clears throat> uh, some of you, most of you remember that mining accident in Chile 
a few years ago, back in 2010. <clears throat> somebody shared this. I heard somebody share a part of this <clears throat> uh, story recently, and so I looked up some information about it, but it fits well here. Because these men were in a mine, in a gold and copper mine in Chile. <clears throat> this was back in August, first part of August in 2010. And they were about, um, they were 2,300 feet below the surface, 33 of them in a, in a chamber there, or in different parts there, close together, when suddenly a part of the mine collapsed and there was a thundering noise and dust flying everywhere, filling the air for some hours, and darkness. And they, they gathered, so they were all in one place. And they had some lights. And of course, what they would first start to think of is, how do we get out of here? How do we get out of here? And they began thinking, looking. One of these men was named Omar. He was an older man, one of the older ones. He was in his 50s, I think, upper 50s. He had survived two other collapses in that mine and narrowly escaped from a third that killed a fellow miner. And in the first days after this collapse of August 5, he was pretty despondent. He cried from just feeling so helpless. One thing they thought about was, um, well, we can go out a vent. There's a vent. They found a ladder. The ladder was too short. No way it was going to reach the vent. And then a couple days later, a boulder shook loose somehow and rolled into that vent and blocked that off, sealing it off. And if you remember, people on the surface, of course, were very uh, concerned and they began drilling a hole and quite miraculously, the 17th day after this bit came through in the, in the uh, area where they were, and they discovered that all these men were alive. They were despairing of finding anyone alive or of even finding bodies. So uh, then, of course, they were able to, they put, uh, had a communication line they put down. They were able to put food down, some kind of gel for water and nutrition, and uh, a video camera, and they could communicate with family and so on. And then they began drilling a hole big enough to get a man through. And they dug, and they dug, and they had, you know, these hazardous 
uh, are these uh, challenges and difficulties and mechanical problems. And in the meantime, these men were down there. There is no way without help from above for us to escape, for us to get out of here. We are stuck. We are doomed unless um, this works. And 69 days after the collapse, they were able to get the first man out and got them all out. And when those men, when those men got to the surface, uh, some of them knelt, some of them uh, and prayed, uh, some of them jumped and shouted and there was a lot of thanksgiving and praise, a huge relief and joy. Well, <clears throat> that's, how, that's how salvation should look to us. You know, we were stuck. Without a deliverer, without, without some help from above, we were, would have no way out. There, there are two categories, I think, of, uh, of sinners, wretched sinners, lost sinners, those who don't know their condition and those who do. Some do. In, in Pilgrim's Progress, Christian, you know, our main character, he had a heavy burden of guilt and he was in miserable shape and he knew he was in miserable shape. And the townspeople were reasonably cheerful, if you remember the story. And they kept asking him, what's wrong with you, Christian? Why are you so despondent? And why are you so discouraged? They were out of touch with reality, like the Laodicean church members. So there is an important thing for us that we must experience the pain, the anguish the agony of knowing our real condition before we can experience the joy of salvation. There must be mourning before there's joy. We must know what ashes are before we can see, find beauty, be given beauty. We must experience the heaviness before we can praise. Now, a lot of people try Band-Aids for the mourning, the mournful things, and the ashes, and the heaviness. And Band-Aids don't work. All kinds of diversions and entertainment. Big day today. Um, I'm not sure where it is, but somewhere there's a, a Super Bowl that uh, is attracting a lot of attention. But there's only one real solution to man's problem. One way of deliverance from that trap. The one Lord and Savior offered and slain and resurrected. They praise Him in heaven. They will praise Him. We will praise Him. And I beheld and I heard the voice, this is John writing in Revelation 5, 
I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. In heaven there will be perfect praise. I... My desire is that my praise would be more pleasing, that, my, that I would praise more. We praise God for his salvation. We praise him for his mercies new every day. It is, the, it is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. We praise him for his almighty power. Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength. So will we sing and praise thy power. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him in habitation, my Father's God. And I will exalt him. And we praise him for his loving kindness. Because thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And we praise God for his many other attributes, his love, his righteousness, his presence, everywhere present, his knowledge, he knows everything, his unchangeableness, his wisdom, his faithfulness. God is not a museum exhibit of some historical person who had a wonderful character, who had a collection of very impressive accomplishments and wonderful works, along with a collection of memorabilia like you would expect to see in a museum that, that impresses onlookers and awes them how great how great this god 
was. God is now. God is wonderful and mighty now. God is personal. God is for me. God is involved in my life, in your life, and in my circumstances, and your circumstances. Just a few things to uh, think about in, in um, determining that we will praise more. One, one thing, very simple and obvious, is just to make it a priority. Mark it down. You know, we can, we can pray. We believe prayer is important. And we can be burdened about things. And there's plenty enough to be burdened about. Uh, make no mistake. Uh, there is plenty to bring a spirit of heaviness if we just look at, at, the, at the things that we're concerned about. But let's remind ourselves, let's make it a point that we will, even in the painful things, we will praise God and that we'll do it from a, from a genuine heart of praise. We will, we will praise him because we adore him and because we love him and because he has delivered us, but we will express it. Express it in your prayer, in your times of devotion. Read passages of praise, the Psalms. Other places. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord, mine horn is exalted in the Lord, my mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he hath set the world upon them and Ezra, and Mary, and Paul, and others, many places. There are places of praise, and there are songs of hymns of praise that we sang some this morning. And we can identify with them and, um, and praise the Lord. And counting our own blessings and naming them one by one, like that song says, to a list to list especially meaningful and personal thoughts and experiences and blessings from, your, from our own walk with the Lord can, can uh, help us increase our praise. But to, uh, to make it a, a priority, <clears throat> There are benefits for praising God. Many benefits. One thing, one benefit, I believe that 
that you'll find that the things that we praise God for become richer and more full in our experience. Praising God for His love and thanking Him for His love, His love becomes more real and meaningful and precious to us. Praising Him for His mercy. Praising Him for His, his uh, concern about the details of my life. And praising Him for things that He is working out. For e even that He is working. It makes all those things more real and rich in our experience. And it brings an, a second a benefit is that it brings a stronger sense. It brings to us a stronger sense of God's presence, of communion with him. He's not just a, a God that we read about in the Bible, but a God we can communicate with and that we're worshiping and we praise him. And expressing praise increases our gratitude. When we tell our wife or a loved one that we love them, you know, that's not just a, uh, that's not just some little psychological trick. But uh, to express affection helps to make it more real and helps it grow. And I believe when we are praising God from a sincere heart, it, um, I don't know how to, how to theologically say this in the best way, but I believe that it uh, frees the power of God to work in, in a fuller way for victory, for the good works that we talked about in our Sunday school lesson this morning. That, that God works in the heart and life of one who praises him from a sincere heart of gratitude. More fully than he does in the somewhat careless, indifferent, thoughtless follower of him. We can never finish praising God enough. John, the Gospel of John ends this way, and there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written, everyone, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Oh, amen. His praise shall be continually in my mouth, said the psalmist. I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. Let that be our, our prayer this morning. But I will hope continually and I will yet praise thee more and more. Psalm 71, 14. <clears throat> Praise is worship. Praise is a testimony. 
and praise is a blessing to those that praise him. And as we praise the Lord and grow in our praise, we'll see new and fresh reasons for praising him. As we grow in our relationship with him and as he continues to work in our lives, and I believe it uh, brightens the testimony of the Christian in the dark world to, to be, uh, for, for the world to be in contact with a Christian who, who is filled with the joy of salvation, a gratitude for salvation, and praising the Lord continually. Is a, is a wonderful testimony. May the Lord help us to praise Him as He is due. Shall we have a closing song?